Should we? Hi, how are you? Fine. Should we dedicate the show to Harambe or what? What should? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor guy. Greetings. You are now listening to the McCuffey Croncast. Stand by for your hosts, Brian Murphy and Doug Bruzzoni. They will be discussing your favorite baseball squadron, the San Francisco Giants. Take it away, Brian and Doug. The Giants have the most wins in baseball, and they are just coming off of a 5-2 and two week. And really, Doug, there's nothing to complain about. So let's just talk about all the great, amazing things that happen, right? Yeah, I mean, we Giants fans, especially Giants fans on the internet, which is where you are listening to this, don't really complain that much about the Giants. We certainly don't look for things to complain about. So I'd say let's just celebrate. (laughs) Let's bask in the awesomeness. The only two losses the Giants had this past week were uh, games started by Madison Bumgarner, which (laughs) that's baseball, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's uh, absolutely baseball. Um, we can we can just dive right in. Uh, they started off a four game series in Pittsburgh, which I would say if what's the latest possible time to play games in in Pittsburgh in in a baseball season? I would say this is probably the latest you could play these games and it not be so unbearably hot and humid. Uh, so the Giants probably lucked out weather wise, but uh, did not luck uh, did not luck out when it came to uh, their first game of the four-game series, a one nothing loss against a pitcher they've done very well against over the years, Jeff Locke. And um, the guy, there was the one run in the game. If you didn't watch the game, I think, first of all, thank you for listening to us to catch you up on Giants baseball. <laughs> uh, but second, now you're going to kick a chair for the first time. I've been kicking a chair every day since this happened. But, uh, but... The, the Giants lost one to nothing on a solo home run, wind-aided, and the radio broadcast, John Miller said it about 17 times after it happened, um, <laughs> that Eric Kratz hit a home run off of Madison Bumgarner. Who's Eric Kratz? Well, yeah, he's only some exactly. random guy. He's some random guy the Pirates had to pick up because like their top three catchers are all injured. And he was literally cut, I think, like two weeks ago. By uh by by the Astros maybe, and he since he's been with the Pirates, he has exactly one hit in ten games. That was it. <laughs> he hit a home. He yanked a ball to left field. The wind kicked it just barely over the wall. Angel Pagan, God bless him. He jumped. He tried to make a catch, and you know it's Angel Pagan. So just him being able to jump was pretty heroic. And I think the ball. I think his colliding with the wall is what just kind of knocked the ball out of his glove or made it difficult for him to do the most important part of catching it, and that's holding the glove together. Uh, so he was mad, and the Giants were mad, because after that, I mean, before and after that, nothing was happening for them offensively. And uh, that was that was a very, very weird loss. Um, that was that was an aggravating loss. Madison Bumgarner, complete game, eight strikeouts, five hits, that one home run, two walks. 110 pitches. He gets the loss. Pitching wins and losses. They make total sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, that was just sort of a frustrating game. It was annoying. It was something that the Giants probably deserved with all the ways they've been winning games this year. But that didn't make it fun. Um, 
Bumgarner oh. was was really good. Jeff Locke, right? Jeff Locke. Hold on, let me just go back. Yeah, Jeff Locke. Sorry, I just totally forgot who he was because he's <laughs> Jeff Locke. Uh, he had a good game. I mean, I guess we should say he was an All Star in 2013. So there's that. I didn't know uh, that. <laughs> if you don't remember that, there's a good reason. <laughs> he started 30 games in 2013. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> but he has traditionally done well, uh, or the Giants have traditionally done well against him. Oh, man, his baseball reference page. He's, his eyes, he looks really crazy. So, <laughs> uh, against the Giants in his career, though, he's, um, well, in four games, 21 innings, he had a 6.43 year. He has a 6.43 ERA that obviously counts this one that he had. The Giants have hit him well. 29 hits in 21 innings. Um, you know they they he's a left-handed pitcher, which you know the Giants again. I said this in the last one in the last Croncast. They seemed somehow them having a lineup of left-handed hitters has created more left-handed pitchers than I thought existed in Major League Baseball. Uh, they're <laughs> just finding them everywhere. Uh, but they, they tried to, you know, the Giants tried to counter uh, with Ramiro Pena, and uh, I guess that's it That in terms of the switching it around. Uh, this was the game before Mac Williamson had been called up, or he had just been called up and maybe he had been traveling. I can't Yeah, he, he'd been, I think he'd been flying out yeah. that night or something. So anyway, that was, a, that was an aggravating game. Like, that is a memorably aggravating game, I would say. Uh, hopefully, come September or October, we will have forgotten it. But I would say <laughs> for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to remember it. <clears throat> so you think, you know, the Giants lose that game, first game of a four-game series. The sweep is on, right? They're done. They're done. It's a four-game losing streak. It's all terrible. But you would be wrong, Brian's consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> Because the next game, the the Giants they got I, they got more than revenge. So, <laughs> they, uh, they won fifteen to four. They had twenty two hits, which is a season high in in Major League Baseball. Um, and and really, it was like the Pirates weren't even there. They just rolled right through them. They they treated the Pirates like Brian. You think the Dodgers should treat the Giants every time they play? <laughs> Or when the Cubs play the Giants or the Nationals when they come in. and Yeah, the, just this, it's just going to be rolled over. But a seven-run fourth inning, that's what really broke it open. Um, Angel Pagan homered. Connor Gillespie, he still exists. He homered. Uh, <laughs> Con, uh, Angel Pagan's home run was a booming shot, too. I mean, he really... It a, and it was a grand slam, also. Yeah, that's right. It was a grand slam. Let's not forget. It was, uh, it was very <laughs> impressive. Um, so, and Johnny Cueto... Uh, Johnny Cueto had a pretty good start. He pitched in the seventh inning at 105 pitches, one run, uh, six strikeouts. The bullpen came in, though. Uh, Javier Lopez, two walks. <laughs> George Contas pitched an inning. George Contas pitched an inning. He gave up two runs, one earned. And Chris Stratton came in, gave up three hits and an earned run and had a strikeout. And so, didn't really get that strikeout because it was on a foul <laughs> tip that hit the ground. <laughs> so, you know could have been better but uh 15 to 4 i don't know if this really requires much analysis the giants really just beat the snot out of wilfredo Boscon Boscon, who had been called up for them from the minor leagues this was a game where the pirates weren't sure who who was going to start it and so he was basically their minor league call up and pinata 
And <laughs> you would kind of think that this is a game that the Pirates had well in hand because the Giants had never faced this guy. And they they did sort of, in those first three innings, didn't quite look like they had him. And then it just all turned around. So. Yeah, they the Giants sometimes can just say, you know, we were supposed to be a really good hitting team this year. Does anyone remember that? Let's make them remember that. <laughs> and this is kind of an example of that because that um, that that fourth inning where it was just three straight base runners, you know, single double walk, then Crawford walked, the bases loaded, Pagan hit the grand slam, which you might think that was the end of it, and then Blanco doubled and Connor Gillespie homered. It was seven straight guys who just, Oh, and, and then Quido walked and Span hit a single. So it was really nine straight guys. Everyone who hit the first time that inning got on base. And which is which is a little surprising that Denard Span was able to have three hits in a, one game. That's usually <laughs> like a couple weeks for him. But uh, yeah, it was just an all-around uh, impressive performance. Connor Gillespie, since he's been getting more consistent playing time, four for five, four RBI. Angel Pagan, since he's been back and healthy i think you tweeted out like his ops hasn't been fantastic but i think literally since you sent that tweet out he has <laughs> he's done very well but uh it's good um, that he's back yeah, no, and healthy <laughs> after the it was the about before the the grand slam and where he had i think grounded out weekly or something uh-huh. it was some really sad looking at bat <laughs> and so i went and looked up his stats and i was like you know over the, it wasn't even since he'd been back from his injuries like over the last two months so even before he was injured before he tried to play through the injury and then got injured more, you know, before any of that, his OPS was in the 500 somewhere. It was like 530 or something. Next at bat, hits a grand slam. And since then, he's just been <laughs> been taken off. So you're welcome. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, so 15 to 4 Giants win. Uh, go into game three of the series. And, you know, you, you think, oh, they used up all their runs. So they're done. <laughs> And uh, not the case. Uh, Giants win 7-6. to six. And that was a game, though, where they were down in the first inning right away. Uh, it was an- another bad start by Jeff Samarja, let's say. He pitched three innings, six earned runs, three home runs. Um, I thought, you know, I've, we, the McCovey Croncast knows Jeff Samarja gives up one home run a game. But this is getting absurd. Now he's down to one home run per inning. That's bad. That's 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 really bad. That is he bad. He yeah. shouldn't do that. Uh, so it was it was a uh, five to one by the end of the second inning, and actually six to one by the third inning. And then the Pirates didn't score. It turns out taking Jeff Samarja out of the game helped the Giants after <laughs> three innings, uh, and they were able to scratch and claw ahead essentially. And and that was that was the game where Ramiro Pena had that big uh, RBI for the Giants. And uh, hey. It turns out replacing Matt Duffy with major league level average players is a huge <laughs> difference to the offense. <laughs> uh, not, I mean, Duffy's glove has been great, and I think between Pena and Gillespie, we're probably not going to see a steep fall off. I am hedging a bit. We'll see maybe a, a fall off. Maybe with well, Pena, not as much. Um, yeah. But with Gillespie, yes, there's going to be a little bit of that. And Gillespie's arm is, is it's it's like David DeJesus's arm in the outfield. It's just it's a pie thrower. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's, it's to yeah, have some stable production. Have, I think we all have strong memories of Connor Gillespie's. For, okay, well maybe not strong memories of Connor Gillespie's first time with the Giants, 
But when, you know, he would try to throw to first and he would hop and it would go on one hop and you would say, what is that that you're doing over there? And why aren't you doing it better? Or like every, or when he tried to get some mustard on it, it wound up looking like an underhand, like a, a granny free throw shot with the, with the rainbow underneath it. Like you're throwing uh, an ethos over. That's right. Uh, we should probably mention that this series also saw the, the emergence or continued strength of Brandon Crawford team RBI leader um, really building up here. So Pena had sort of a big hit, but Brandon Crawford was two for five and he had a big RBI. And did he have the game? Did he have the game winning RBI? Cause the Crawford? giants have been kind of trading no, off panic. game winning. And this was panic. Okay. So this was panic again, having another game winning RBI, but this was a, uh, an, a series where we're seeing sort of what's keeping the Giants winning are kind of the same three guys. Panic, Belt, and Crawford are really the guys really driving this machine. And and uh, and and so the Pirates are a – I'd say watching the Pirates because record-wise they're not doing as well as you would think or what they've been. They're a pretty good team. But, you know, they waited out Francisco Liriano and let him be wild. He had three walks, but he did have six strikeouts. Um but the Giants, I would say they played them, they played them tough because the Pirates uh, could have given away some pitches or at bats, and you know offensively, I think the Pirates just you know they can't compete with the Giants. Uh, so that's why Samarja just being a total batting practice to them is really tough. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know the the Giants just kind of even as dinged up as they were, even without Pence and Duffy, um, the Giants showed up and they were just better. The one uh, thing that with Samarja, I want to say, is he gave the three home runs he gave up were all the guys. You could say maybe not Jaso so much, but Jaso's was the first pitch of the game. So John Jaso was like Jeff Samarja throws fastballs a lot. If he throws me a <laughs> fastball for the very first pitch of the game, I'm gonna swing at it, and that's exactly <laughs> what happened. And he had a home run, so good for him. But other other than that, Gregory Polanco and uh, Jung Ho Gong. They are the home run hitters because Andrew McCutcheon is scuffling quite a bit. But those are the guys who hit home runs for the Pirates. And lo and behold, <laughs> yeah, they, they did. <laughs> they certainly did. Um, um, yeah. yeah. And so that was, you know, Jeff Smart's start was uninspiring, we shall say. Uh, the Giants offense, on the other hand, was was really good. One of the uh, little preview of the next day elements was that Mac Williamson quietly had a really good day going one for two with three walks, which is pretty outstanding because you make one out in five trips to the plate, you're doing a good job. That's right. And especially, I think if you're a, a Giants, I think if you're a rookie or whatever, you know, walks are not necessarily going to inspire confidence in your manager necessarily. I think that's pretty obvious. Like you want to make the splash and hit the home run or get the big hit. But I think it says a lot about a player that he's going to swing at his. If you stick to the organizational philosophy of swing at your pitch, and that leads to you taking three walks, I think that's that's better than just trying to make something happen when nothing's there. Um, so yeah, I'd say good for him. I think anytime a, a Giants player gets three walks in a game and he's not the eighth place hitter or Barry Bonds, that's great. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the Giants have a chance to uh, win the series, and you know how that tends to go sometimes on the road. 
but they didn't really have too much trouble here. They win five to three, and uh, and that was that was really just that was it. That was Suarez uh, pitching okay, and he was pretty much shaky um, for his first three innings or so, and then his last two frames were scoreless, and and he looked fine, and, you know, good enough that Bochi was like, okay, I'm not going to. I'm not going to bet on a sixth inning being as productive. Uh, so then that was it. But uh, he had five innings, six strikeouts, uh, gave up three runs, two earned. Uh, and then the bullpen came in, and oh, my God, they didn't give up any runs. Four pitchers <laughs> didn't give up any runs. They only gave up one hit, in fact. That was Santiago Casilla. And I have a very foggy rec- recollection of what that was, actually. And that was the that he looked great. Like, the one hit was, like, nothing. He struck out the side uh, after the one hit. Um, uh, but other than that, you know, it's good to see Casilla do well, and it was good to see the Giants take on John Neese, who's not he's, who's also not a great pitcher, and do well. And I'm going to let you talk about the guy you talked about the last one because it's worth talking about. So. Yeah, and uh, the big, you know, the big hit of the game, maybe not, maybe not the you know, symbolically, but at least literally, was Mac Williamson's home run, which went... 446 feet and was just absolutely destroyed. It was one of those ones that came off the bat and go, Oh, that's a Homer. Yeah. It was, <laughs> he just demolished it. Um, <laughs> and it, it, the thing about games in Pittsburgh that I realized or remembered from that home run was that something about the camera and the dimensions of that park, it looks both huge and small because when he where he hit it, I didn't know that it was that far away. Does that make sense? Like I knew yeah. he got it, but then when they said how many feet it was, I'm like, oh, oh, not many people <laughs> hit it out there. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it just didn't it, seem like it was that far, but it, he crushed it. Yeah, because the fence out there is 410, and he hit it, you know, 30 feet past that. Several rows and, back, yes. And you don't like I I don't remember exactly where it hit in the stands. It might have like hit the you know seven or eight rows back, but it was just way out, which was fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I guess we shouldn't overlook um, the other inning the Giants scored in, where Joe Panic tripled in Jarrett Parker, Connor Gillespie, and Denard Span, and then Mac Williamson singled him in. Um, <laughs> that is such a weird sentence. <laughs> I know. Who? It, it is. Huh? What? <laughs> I don't, I mean, which part of that do you think is the weirdest part? If you were like, at the beginning of the year, if you said that sentence, which is the part that you'd like? Him? I think it's Connor Gillespie. <laughs> oh, it's Connor Gillespie for sure. Uh, yeah, because if you send this to last year, if you just go back in time last year, like, okay, Jared Parker, he, he hit like six home runs in three games or whatever it was. Okay, I can see him being on the roster. Uh, Denard Spann, oh, they must have signed him in the offseason. Okay, that's a good pickup. Uh, what? <laughs> Connor Gillespie's still alive? <laughs> I thought the White Sox, like, crucified him. Right. Literally. They didn't, they the didn't just cut hurts. him. Right. <laughs> they cut him to bleed out. Uh, yeah. No, I, uh, you know, and credit to Connor Gillespie looking a lot better this time around than the last time he was with the Giants. Uh, I think I think you can forgive being a pinch hitter for a long time, but he he's kind of hitting the. I guess it's kind of spoiling the the last game of this week, but he's hitting the ball hard, which I don't recall him doing very much the last his last stint with the Giants. Yeah, 
No, he didn't. Because um, when he was around before, he just mostly looked sad. And they eventually traded him for, <laughs> I want to say, Jeff Soptic, <laughs> who, if you haven't heard of him, yeah. But he smiles more, Jeff Soptic. But he smiles more now. <laughs> the key is really that he smiles more now. Yeah. It worked for Cody Ross. It's working for Connor Gillespie. So the Giants win three out of four in Pittsburgh in a place where they were one in six in the previous two seasons, something like that. It was a tough place to play, uh, except if it's the wild card play in game, I guess. Um, so that's uh, that was all great news. Obviously, the Pirates are not doing that well. But here's another team now. They come back to AT&T Park for a three-game series against the Phillies. And the Phillies start off the season doing great. And they've really petered out, or Phillies out, if you want to go there. Uh, they really have, of late, not looked as good. But they do have some genuine talent on their team. You know, Major League Baseball, I kind of think, this is something to talk about. You know, the Phillies, 31-44, and 44, after they lose the first game of the series, 5-4. to four. Uh, And that's due to a four-run inning in the seventh by the Giants. But I want to get your thoughts, Doug, on the Phillies. And, and I want to ask you a question directly. Is it actually hard to tank in baseball? Um, no. Uh, I think if you look at the Braves this year, they're an example of how it's not hard to tank in baseball. But the Braves but have a better they, record than the Twins, who are who tried hard. Well, yeah. I mean, look, we all know your thoughts on trying, which is that you shouldn't ever. Um <laughs> But look, if if you really have your heart set on tanking, then you can do it. I think the Phillies, though, are actually trying to develop a few of their guys. And some of them were good for a month. And you know what? Good for them. That's nice for them. <laughs> I think but if, I think Adubal Herrera, for example, that guy's an on-base machine. That's a skill that's going to play if your team's good or bad. Um, yeah, exactly. And Vincent Velasquez, I think, was good at the beginning of the year, and he's he's hurt now, if I'm remembering yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Aaron Nola was good. Um, yeah, Nola was good at the time. Now he's been bad, of course. Michael Franco had a great 2015, and I think he had an okay start to this year, but he's kind of tightening up and, and kind of regressing negatively. Um, so, okay, so there's your there's the answer to the question. It's very easy to tank in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the Phillies did not remove literally every talented person from their team, like the Braves did, except for Freddie Freeman in their case. And in both cases, though, compared to other sports, the Phillies didn't do it all at once. The Braves did it pretty close to all at once. Yeah, maybe. they just decided, I think, two off seasons ago. No, we're done. Yeah, we're not. We're not going to try anymore. And the Braves, the Braves did a couple of things different from the Phillies. Like the Phillies were like, "We'll trade you our good but declining player for talent," and the Braves were like, "You can take our good players, but we're strapping our bad player contracts to them." <laughs> uh, and we will get cap re- or we'll get financial relief and take a lesser prospect. Uh, so it's and all then nice. the back, But then the Dimebacks are like, like hell, you're going to take a lesser prospect. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you will take Dansby and you will like it. <laughs> all right. So the, the Phillies, though, I mean, this entire series was a struggle. Really was. Uh, five to four, but uh, starting for them was Zach Eflin who has not been good, but he pitched, you know, and the Giants had not seen him. Uh, he's a rookie, like a pure rookie, and he pitched six innings and gave up no earned runs and had one strikeout. 
God damn it, Giants. God damn it, Giants. <laughs> so this series reminds me, I, I feel like let's if we wind up jumping around, I'm okay with that. But this series reminds me that the Giants actually have two identities in my mind. The good Giants, like the Giants, the San Francisco Giants. And then they have the other ones, the butt-ass Giants. The butt-ass <laughs> Giants show up and they are like... They were the 2014 June and July Giants. Just the butt-ass Giants have no business being a major league team. They're just the really Sunday bad. night baseball Giants. The Sunday night baseball Giants. There we go. But I really think that that is their nega version of their personalities. <laughs> that is their dark side, the butt-ass Giants. And I feel like in this series, we got a healthy dose of the butt-ass Giants. And it's weird that it does tend to happen when they play at home. Or if they come off like a really good road trip, like they come home. Or, or you know what, even if they come off a bad road trip, because didn't that happen earlier in the season where they had a 10-game road trip? They're like, oh, they're going to get healthy at home. And they lose the first five games. It's just like the butt-ass yeah, they, Giants. They had a great road trip and they came came home they had a 5-5 five and five homestand. But they had to sweep, I think, the Padres in the last series to do it. So I think the butt-ass Giants exist and they are peeking out right now. But they were I, able I, to... I will say though, in their defense, the Giants have the exact have are one game worse at home or a half game worse at home than on the road. Twenty four and fourteen at home, twenty five. Damn and 14 it, on Giants! The road. <laughs> Just damn it. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I think one one of the things, except for like the first month of AT and T Park history, was essentially is essentially like the Giants are good at home, and so it's just weird when they are like so. I guess they're good in a different way because they come home and they can't score. You know, it's like it's just different when they when they win. And and anyway, the the Phillies played them really tough. And this first game of the series uh, was was sort of not necessarily a glimpse of that so much as it just was like, oh, it it was a little. The Phillies definitely tripped them up a little bit until that seventh inning. Um, but let's take a moment to say that Jake Peavy somehow. Somehow pitched seven great innings. He did. How that happened. <laughs> um, he gave up five extra base hits, which is a nice little callback to the start of the year. Right. He gave up a couple more, a couple of balls. I think one of them was a was a double, and one of them was an out that would have been homers in like at least twenty five parks in the majors. Uh, and somehow through all of that, he gave up two runs in seven innings. And he had four and strikeouts. Amazing. Yeah, four yeah. strikeouts, two walks. I don't know how he does it. I mean, he, you know, he has good movement. The Phillies are kind of a team that he's designed to beat because there are so many young players that are going to be that he can outthink instead of outstuff. But still, it it's amazing that he was able to get through all those innings it and not amazing. give up many runs. Yeah, I mean, let's look at his sixth inning. Because I think we all agree, if even if you're the biggest fan of Jake Peavy, which is fine, that he's a six-inning pitcher, right? Unless he's, like, really cruising. Or I, I would say, like, he has, like, a no-hitter going or something. <laughs> After six innings, you're like, okay, let's just get the bullpen warmed up. So his sixth inning was uh, he a fly ball to center, fly ball to center, gave up a single, and then a fly out to left field. Great. That's that's six great innings. Good job, Jake PV. Thanks a lot. Ha, hit the showers. Nice job. But no, Bruce Bochy's like, hey, that was a really clean sixth inning. I want you to go out there and pitch a seventh. And you know what? 
let's let's take a moment to think about why Bruce Bochy might say that. Because the alternative is to put in the bullpen for three innings. <laughs> and at, at this point, please remember, the bullpen is exhausted. Yes. Because they went a lot of innings in Pittsburgh. That's right. They beat six innings in the Jeff Samarja game. Uh, Albert Suarez went five, so that's four innings there. Ten innings in two games for any bullpen is a lot. Also, um, and it I- was all their good ones, too. It, they didn't get to throw Chris Stratton out in that in either of those games. It was, it was Casilla and Garen, and it yeah. was, yeah. Um, so Strickland, Casilla, and Garen had all pitched two days in a row. Uh, Derek Law had pitched two innings, then he warmed up and didn't get into the game. Like, everyone was just going to be tired. So, you know, you just throw Jake Peavy out there and hope sometimes. Uh, and is he a better option than, say, George Contos or, like you said, Stratton? And I would say, well, he's no worse right. at, at this point especially if he's done this well through the lineup. And the Giants were losing 2-1. to one. So I think if you just want to look at the negatives, it's like, okay, you got you somehow tricked the baseball gods for six innings of Jake Peavy of giving up two runs. That's great, Boach. Get him out of there. You might also say, like, ah, he just wants to get his boy a win, which is also a possibility. Uh, but getting through that set – but then we look at that seventh inning, and this, this is an interesting thing, a line out to deep left center – and then a triple, but then he gets a strikeout, and then he gets a fly ball. So what are the chances that Jake is going to get a strikeout, first of all, after giving <laughs> up a triple? Uh, and second of all, like it's hard contact that he was giving up in the seventh inning. But I, I want to say this. Bruce Bochy's – there's no chance Bruce Bochy's listening. There's no chance anyone from the Giants is listening to this. Or more accurately, there's no one who has Bochy's ear who's, who's listening to this. But you and I know, Doug, that there's one thing that Bruce Bochy should not take from the start, and that is he should trust Jake Peavy for seven innings. <laughs> no, he should not. Now, I think if I'm remembering right, the triple was kind of caused by Denard Spann's crazy defense, where he turned around eight times and you kind of had flashes of Marvin Bernard before your eyes. That is possible. And you're like, who is this short person? <laughs> But um, all the same, those were still hard hit balls, and you should not trust Jake Peavy in the seventh inning. Uh, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that September game against the Dodgers, the first week of September. <laughs> you will not. I will not, because it was like <laughs> you needed that win. Ah, <laughs> just bad stuff. The Giants got a win though. They won five to four. It was a come from behind victory. But then that was a situation where they uh, they got up five to two. And uh, and at that point, I'm like, all right, the Giants are going to win this game. That's that's good. They can hold off the Phillies. But no, <laughs> the bullpen has to make it extraordinarily in- interesting. Um, and that's with Garen pitching. But that's after Josh Osich. Uh, well, I should say Law gives up a, a triple. And then Osich comes in. And then a walk. He gets a strikeout, a walk, and a wild pitch, and then a walk. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's all it's all bad uh i i would say that i'm on the fence with osage i think it's a combination of overuse and just like he's a he's a wild guy I, i'm not sure so uh anyway giants win uh and after this game uh the giants were still seven games up on the dodgers rolling into the saturday night game and they had a chance to go up uh the dodgers lost early in Pittsburgh. So the Giants had a chance to go up 
eight games on the on the Giants. Giants had a chance to go eight games, yeah. Uh, it didn't happen. Madison Bumgarner's on the mound. <laughs> it didn't matter. That seemed to make it worse. <laughs> uh, three to two, the Giants lost, and Madison Bumgarner got. He gave up essentially the game-winning home run to Cameron Rupp. Am I, am I saying that right? That's a real person? Yes. You, you are. So the thing is, so um, I, since Grant was on vacation or, you know, fighting spies or whatever he does, I, I don't know. He, he doesn't tell us. Yeah. Uh, I, I wrote the recaps for Friday and Saturday night ga- night's games. And I remember Friday night, I, I wrote a section that I ended up cutting where I thought Cameron Rupp's last name was Ruff, like R-U-F, like Darren Ruff. Yeah. Who's on the team. Yeah. And I, and I looked in the comments because I made a couple other like typos. I was like, oh, God, because I'd never even heard of him. And he's <laughs> having a good year, too. Yeah. And I was all worried that people would think I was stupider than I am. <laughs> uh, and, you know, his his OPS plus is 109, which means something to some of you, I'm sure. That's a good McCovey Chronicles uh, joke there. So, <laughs> um, But, yeah, he's just. The Phillies are so anonymous, especially on offense. Like, I've heard of Tommy Joseph because I'm a Giants fan. I remember when he was traded. I've heard of Peter Borges because I remember when he was on the Angels. Um, Jeremy Hellickson was a Ray. Uh, Jeremy Hellickson was a Ray. I remember Carlos Ruiz and Ryan Howard from when they and the Phillies were good. Is Freddie Galvis essentially, essentially their Emmanuel Burris? Like he's just <laughs> Maybe. around with the, with the Phillies for a long time? It seems like he has. I mean, yeah, I'm, He's only no, been I'm, a Philly. I'm spending every game waiting for Dominic Brown to show up. <laughs> Where is Dominic Brown? <laughs> uh, but Freddie Galvis has been with them since 2012. This is the only team he's been with. He has a career on base percentage of 276. Uh, he has 27 home runs, though, so he's decidedly not Emmanuel Burris. Right. <laughs> Who should be coming back pretty soon or getting ready for a re- uh, rehab, I think getting in that time frame anyway so the giants lose three to two a seven run or three run seventh inning for the phillies and i mean this is a chair kicker as well uh the offense just could not get really anything going um and and then and then Bumgarner just just gave up a home run to a right-handed hitter um and it was surprising <laughs> it, yeah it was i mean he had looked he had looked fantastic for those first well, he looked he looked like a world beater for the first five innings. He still looked good in the sixth, and then he gets to the seventh and gives up uh, gives up a double, gets an out, and gives up a single, and then a home run. And you just sort of sitting there like, what happened? What? Yeah. I thought he was supposed to give up no runs. So That's... two uh, two other important notes about this game though: Bumgarner reached base twice, a single and a walk. And this is the first game our our friend of the show's hanging sliders, Wendy Thurm, pointed out. It's the first time in his career he's reached base twice in a game and they didn't win. <laughs> so way to go, Giants. <laughs> well, probably it's because usually when he reaches base twice, he's you know he gets at least three at bats. So sure. <laughs> they had to leave him in. They need that bat in the lineup right now. And then the game essentially ended. I mean, essentially ended. The Giants mounted a rally in the ninth inning uh, after, or I'm sorry, I'm I'm reading the out, inning, yeah. in the eighth inning. They mounted a rally in the eighth inning. It was a good rally too. Panic single to right, then there was a wild pitch uh, with Belt up, and then Belt swung through some really good fast, like power fastballs that really were just blown by him. And then 
he he flew out to left field um, on a fastball that looked like it had some tail away from him. So it was good for him just to get get the bat on the ball. And then Posey worked a tough at bat to get the walk. And then Brandon Crawford lined into a double play, which that makes it sound like I'm I'm blaming Brandon Crawford. Really, <laughs> Brandon Crawford hit the ball really hard on a rope, and um, whoever was playing left field in that moment, I'm blanking on. Um, Oh, Tyler Goodell, which who? Uh, he <laughs> slid and caught it, and Panic thought that that was that ball was down, so he was running and he got doubled off. And after the game, Joe Panic was like, "You just got to be aggressive in those situations," which I never thought Joe Panic would double down on on a situation like that. So I learned something about Joe Panic <laughs> last or Saturday night. <laughs> he's, he's a hard-headed New York boy. That's Not right. going to admit that he did the wrong thing That's there. That's right. Never admit you're wrong. So, uh, so the Giants lost. Uh, I would say it was it was very disappointing. Madison Bumgarner had the only two losses for the Giants this week, and that seems wrong. Um, it does seem wrong. <laughs> and so let's just go into the final game of the week. Last uh, yesterday's game, it was a win, um, and it was aggravating. My God, oh, what God. an aggravating game that was! The Giants won eight to seven. But holy crap, the butt-ass Giants were in this game for most <laughs> of it. Um, this And weirdly, Johnny Cueto showed up as one of the butt-ass Giants, which you don't expect. He you became, think he's only on the other guys, but that's no. That's right. He, had his, his, he matched his worst start of the season in the game against the Dodgers, where he gave up six runs. Uh, and he gave up six runs in this one. And the Giants had a 7-6 lead in the seventh inning. And Josh Sitch comes in. Holy crap. The the lead lasted, what, two pitches? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, it was a hard, I would say it was a hard-fought win, but it was certainly one that the Giants didn't necessarily deserve to win just by the way that it was played. It was really bad. And, the, you know, to the Phillies' credit, they were not giving an inch. They battled hard, but, you know, it was pretty clear that Johnny Cueto could not bear down and really get it. Uh, he gave up a home run to Odubel Herrera on the ninth pitch of an at, of an at bat. And I really think that that at, was just like, here, hit it. Like he was just tired of pitching to him. <laughs> and he just couldn't get him out and he just threw it up there. And Herrera obliged him by crushing a ball to the center field. Um, yeah. And it was just a rough game. It was a tough game all around. Giants had a five to one lead after three innings. And that was not good enough. Um, but yeah, so when they had the five to one lead, a lot of it was built on them getting hit by pitches, which brings <laughs> us to the big story of the game. Why did Johnny Cueto hit whoever it was with the pitch? Sorry, I don't remember, but they're all the same to me. <laughs> they all wear the same uniform. It's very confusing. Uh, um, but I mean, he it was my it was Michael Franco. And he like, let's not let's not lie about it. He hit him on purpose as a message or, a you know, Shulman was saying it was a warning to the Phillies to take out Aaron Nola before he injured somebody. And I think he was just kind of being like, you're going to hit some of our guys. I'm going to hit you. And I think that was really just it. Uh, and then he the Giants paid a, a karmic price for that, because what should have been an easy win became the most aggravating win of the year. Yeah, I I, I wonder how that just disrupts your flow when you're not thinking about pitching your game. You're worrying about sort of all these other things going on around the game. Um, if that 
helped him get out of his rhythm or or if it more likely it just caused the Phillies to focus. Um, and I, I, I'm not into the shenanigans of baseball. I kind of get it. I don't really buy. I think that was Hank Shulman making the case that yeah. Philly, that somehow Johnny Cueto was trying to impart the message that, Hey, you guys should have a more stable pitcher on the mound. He's going to hurt someone out there. So let me maybe hurt one of your guys to prove the point. Uh, I don't really buy into that. I think it's garbage. So yeah, the butt ass giants are really playing today. <laughs> but in the end, the butt ass giants were still playing the Phillies. Yes, and that was what saved them. But how many times um, did we think that during the game? Oh, it's the Phillies, and then the oh, Phillies would rally back. Yeah. Um, the Philly, you know, the Phillies were were pesky. They were they were Padres like. Yeah, and I say that in like the most just oh uh, Eckstein-ian way. Yeah. Um. And in the end, the Giants just kind of squeaked it out because the Phillies were were playing catch up all game. You know, the Giants would score four, and then over the next couple innings, the Phillies would score four. Giants score one, Phillies score one, Giants score one, Phillies score one, and in the end, they said, "Well, if we wait until the ninth, and then we take the lead." <laughs> You can't. You can't do it. Uh, and that was a game winner by Connor Gillespie, who really smoked a ball, a, a really good pitch. He, he, I didn't know he had that bat speed. He really turned on an inside fastball quickly. Um, although it was an interesting ninth because Ramiro Pena batting, he's a switch hitter, if you didn't know. Uh, he he kind of watched a fly ball to right field. And Peter Borges, who's a pretty good defender, got sort of, you know, he wasn't sure of the dimensions, which, you know, as a visiting player, it's easy to understand. And so the ball just landed uh, near the foul line, and uh, Pena probably should have had a triple off of that. As it stood, it was a double. And so Connor Gillespie just wound up scorching a pitch uh, to right field and making an academic. But it was it was sort of an, it was an interesting ninth inning in the sense of, like, well, we've seen this before, the double – Nothing happens, and if he was, you know, if he was on third base, we're talking sacrifice flies suddenly. Uh, but it, it all wound up working out, and um, kudos to Connor Gillespie for getting mobbed by his teammates at the end of the game. And I saw him; he did crack sixty-two percent of a smile. So that is a majority percentage of a smile. Connor Gillespie smiled for the first time in his major league career. He he did hold out longer than Corey Garrett. That's so. right. That's right. So he I, won. I didn't know that. That's right. He won the bet that that Corey Guerin didn't know that they had. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Bruce Bochy apparently calls him Mister Happy. <laughs> so, uh, so there, there's some uh, good Bochy humor there. This is also Bruce Bochy's 800th win as the Giants manager, which I did not know going into the game, and that's exciting. And the Giants, like I said, start the Croncast. They now lead. Uh, as of Monday morning, they now lead the majors in wins at 49, which means they have eight more wins left, according to my <laughs> preseason prediction. Um, That's right. So, I, you know, I think it'd be pretty fun if they get all of them real fast and then just don't win a game for the last three months of the season. I know. If they just get them in the next week, that'd be pretty cool. And then it just yeah. it was done. <laughs> it's just like, we're going home now. Yeah. Bye. That's it. Uh, so, and I... A very another exciting week of Giants baseball. They're thirty-two and ten in their last forty-two games. I think it is. Uh, they're they're playing phenomenally well, and they're doing it when 
when Buster Posey's OPS is hovering around 800, like after today it's over 800, but heading in it wasn't. Um, Brandon Crawford's not quite, I mean, he's playing very well. He's not hitting as many home runs as he was last year. The uh, I saw a stat right after the game ended. The giant in-season uh, wins above replacement, I don't like, but I like it when it, when it highlights something bad because that's really <laughs> the best time for to talk baseball, right? Uh, yeah. But apparently the Giants outfield has a zero win above replacement, so, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. Uh, and they've got Connor Gillespie and Ramiro Pena splitting time at third base. And Joe Panic was so ornery that he got benched today. So, <laughs> uh, and Angel Pagan went four for five. Uh, he had another big day. Uh, so and, and Denard Spann is cratering pretty hard after that three for six in Pittsburgh. His OPS is under 700, went one for five today with three strikeouts, and as you pointed out, defensively not lighting the world on fire. And I think between he and Denard Span, I mean, both of them are playing very badly. Like, they can't even really steal a base. Like, those types of things, they're not really walking that much to mitigate the strikeouts, and it's just, it's a very strange situation. But both of those players, their track record is such and with Blanco, you kind of know his streakiness that you've got to just think it's going to turn around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like Giants fans have seen for, for four years that Blanco is a better player than what he's shown this year. Denard Spann's career has kind of proven he's better than what he's shown this year. You do worry if he's still injured. Um, I remember earlier in the season, I wrote something about him, about his, his lack of power. And it was about how he wasn't really swinging at the pitches that he usually drives down in ones. And people are like, well, it's just his hip. And I'm like, well, that's not reassuring then. Yeah. That's bad. If he it's should his go hip, on the that's DL. It. Yeah. <laughs> He's not getting better from the hip unless there's <laughs> there's uh, some like HGH or something going on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we'll see. But, and, you know, kudos to Brandon Belt, who's been the Giants' most consider- consistent hitter all season. All yeah. season from the start. He he should he should be an all star this year, which is you know usually when I, when I would say that it would just be entirely because of bias, but this year I actually mean it. Like he should actually be an all star. He doesn't have to start or anything, but I mean him being there would be a big deal. Yeah. Uh, so one more thing before we we pick our you know pick our best and worst and all that stuff, the the volume is is rising slowly but surely. Madison Bumgarner home run derby. <laughs> I feel like this needs to happen. I cannot think of a counter argument to this. No, it would be the most fun thing possible. He is a baseball player. He hits home runs. Is he a prolific home run hitter? No, but Jock Peterson was in the home run derby last year. Who <laughs> is he? Yes, he hit a bunch of home runs in the first half of the season. So to me, there's precedent. In his limited time, he he hits home runs. Um, I, it's gotta happen. I'm not, there's no good argument against it. That's all I'm saying. There's no good argument against it. There, there, there really isn't. It's just, you have to do it. You just have to do it. There's, you have to do it. I'm just going to keep repeating (laughs) that because you have to do it. I can't, I'm, I mean, what, what it would be the, the, uh, what would be the, the real arguments against it? Oh, it, it makes a joke of it. It's for fun. <laughs> it's it's a fun thing. Yeah. And you know who cares? 
And uh, if you if you are disbelieving like you're an American League fan, <laughs> like you're a fan of AL baseball, or like you're a nine-year-old kid who's like, pitchers can't hit, or whatever it is, the, the first one you see go over the fence, you will be interested in the next four and a half minutes or however long it takes me to home run. You will care. It it yeah. won't it'll go away immediately. It will go away immediately. So the the top four home run hitters in the NL who I would say are likely to go to the All Star game are Nolan Arenado, Chris Bryant. They're 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 pretty much definitely going. And then maybe Cespe- then Cespedes and Story are both both have eighteen. And I'm not you on the Cespedes and Trevor Story. I'm not sure that either of them is going. I would assume Cespedes is. Uh, story, I would also assume. And you know, I'd rather see Bumgarner than than Story. I'd rather see Bumgarner than, than Bryant. I'd, I'd rather see Bumgarner than Arenado. Maybe plus, not Cespedes, who's really fun, but I need the rest of them. Like two or three guys just say, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, and exactly. Why not fill it with Bumgarner? I mean, you want to, I think they're going to probably bring in, because he's hit so many home runs this year, and he either won it last year or did very well. Um, oh, I'm forgetting his name. He was on the Reds. Now he's on the White Sox. Todd something. Todd Frazier. Todd Frazier. But all he ha- like, I think he has like 20 hits and they're all home runs. That's it. <laughs> so, so you're going to bring him back. You would do no worse with Bumgarner. Uh, yeah. It would be a lot of fun. And you could build his persona plays into it. You know, he, he could, he could ride out on a steer. <laughs> on a horse whatever he could ride out on horseback dismount hit a home run it would be amazing I, i'm in i'm i'm all for it do it it would be amazing all right uh game of the week um i think the game of the week see do i want to pick like a good game or do i want to pick 15 to 4 that's sort of the I'm the problem 15 to 4 <laughs> yeah i think 15 to 4 that was the most enjoyable uh it was it was it was a great game and then it was kind of perverse where there was that (laughs) moment where i was like okay giants all right (laughs) uh all right yeah so you're picking that too i think so i mean what am i gonna pick am i gonna pick yesterday's game where the giants looked like hot garbage for half of it oh my god the butt ass (laughs) giants i don't know uh what do you have for worst game uh, worst game, I'm going to pick the, the Bumgarner start against the Phillies, which as soon as the Phillies took the lead, just the, t- the tenor of the game, you kind of sat there like, oh, no, it's done. Oh, yeah. Like, it was just kind of boring, and it wasn't fun, and yeah, I didn't the like Giants that one. fought so hard for those two runs. Like, they really as did. As soon as the Phillies had three runs, you're like, ah, crap. Unless this game goes <laughs> 20 innings. They're not scoring like, four runs. Three runs? Why yeah. is that okay? <laughs> we had a deal. Um, yeah, I'm going to pick the one nothing loss. Okay. Because that was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's a that was like total baseball. But to me, that was like that was not fair. What happened <laughs> in that game? That's the dude's only hit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's Madison Bumgarner. I mean, great. I like one nothing games because of the drama, but I'm just like, holy crap, that was that was painful. All right, uh, player of the week. Well, in a sense, you could say the player of the week is Madison Bumgarner for not murdering every hitter on the team. 
Yeah, because um, the very next day they score 15 runs. <laughs> right. And the day after they only score two for him, they score eight. Yeah. And they just keep scoring them. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll score. We'll score in the sixth. We'll score in the seventh. We'll score in the ninth. Whatever it takes to, in the ninth. Whatever it takes to win. And he's <laughs> over there going, hey. So for not murdering people, Madison Bumgarner, player uh, of the week. <laughs> though in another sense, I guess, which is necessary, I'm going to go with Ramiro Pena, oh. who had a great week at the plate. And he also, uh, and we didn't even talk about it, he also saved the game with his defense on Friday night, makes right. throwing out whatever it was by like a half an inch uh, to end the game. That's right. And that's, he he was spectacular this week. That's a that's a good pick. Um, I mean, I doubt it's going to last. But <laughs> no. Uh, hopefully, between the two of them splitting time, we're not going to notice. The, hopefully, they don't both fall off at the same time. Though that's a possibility. Uh, <laughs> So that was Goodell again. He was involved in two crucial plays in that series. Um, maybe it's Gettel. That would stink if it's Goodell. All right, that's a good pick. I'm going to pick Angel Pagan only because I don't know how – I think I said this last time I picked him. I don't know how often we're going to get to talk about him. So, But he, he had, he's had a great week. He went, he went three for four in that Friday game. He uh, went four for five. In the Sunday game, he had a grand slam against the Pirates on Tuesday. Uh, I would say him not catching that home run ball, eh. I think it's yeah, I mean, it's an amazing play that it, any any outfielder who makes it, that's an amazing play. And I certainly have not I – I didn't even expect him to get that far along in the play. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you just can't expect someone yeah. to go over the wall and pull yeah. a home run back. That's right. That's a little too much. It's very rare. But asking Angel Pagan especially to do it just seems like, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm going to pick him. Pick guys who should have run a little bit harder on doubles yesterday. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I kind of feel like Brandon Crawford and maybe Joe Panic have some honorable mention potential. But, yeah, uh, yeah they, they played very well this week, too. So. Yeah, Crawford's defense especially was yeah. spectacular. Yeah. So here's hoping that this next week uh, the Giants – keep rolling i mean i think it's ridiculous to expect that they win every game against the a's we certainly know that the history against the a's is the giants won two ah the a's win two <laughs> <laughs> in the painful slog of whatever it is it's just that whole history between the two teams of 500 but we'll see 500 yeah every time <laughs> Uh, and then they end the they, uh, the weekend is at Arizona, which should be interesting because the Diamondbacks look like they're going to go on a run, and they kind of take a step back, and then they go on a run. So see where the Giants are at that. And hopefully Jeff Samarja has a good start one of these days too. That'd be nice. So. That, well, right. I mean, he had a great start in Tampa, and then that yes. was it. That's it. Yeah, he pitched nine innings, and then around that time, he's I think he's pitched collectively nine innings. So. Right. Uh, All right, so Twitter questions. we have any of those this week? We do. All right. Uh, Our first one comes from uh, big Croncast fan Jameson at Side Out Par. Now that Kizar Soze is not asking us questions, probably our biggest fan, Mm -hmm. who asked, so this season and month have gone better than expected. When does the other shoe drop? We already kind of covered that. It's going to be after they win eight more games. That's right. (laughs) Um, I mean, they're... 
basically through June, Doug, and they have played very well. They have, yeah. <laughs> so they've put that, in, and they've played very well, not at full strength. Yeah, Which there have been a lot of injuries. There have been a lot of guys who are dinged up or sort of, you know, there was that two-week period when Pagan was on the roster and not the DL, even though he couldn't play. Um, I mean, we've all forgotten about that now, but hey, that happened. Yeah. They, they seem to have been dealing with injuries all year, yeah. and they're still coming out, at, out of it with flying colors. So, I, I mean, it's hard to say. I feel like the bullpen is still a problem, and I know overuse is always going to create bullpen problems. But I really do feel like the Giants probably need two pitcher, two relievers in there, and I, or a, a starter and a reliever. I feel like that's going to be a problem if it continues, if Samarja, you know, if these, the next few starts, the pitchers can't go deep, you know, I think the bullpen problem is just going to get worse. And I definitely think Casilla is now definitely worthy of being a little, like, it's worth wondering about him a little bit because he just hasn't been able to string them together enough. Maybe if the next couple of appearances he might. Um, he certainly looked okay this week for the most part. Um, but I think the Giants are going to need to blow it away reliever in there. Um, maybe Hunter Strickland can be that guy, but you know me and Hunter Strickland, I don't really think that's the right. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. After they get to 57 wins, they're not supposed to, they're not projected by the Murph system to go on. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, so our next question comes from Spencer at, at <laughs> S S P E N S A H. I don't, I don't know what yeah. that is. Spencer. It, I think it's, what it is. Yeah. it's like smoking. It's Spencer. Like that. I, I knew what that was, Brian. I just oh. I didn't want to acknowledge it. Oh. <laughs> so his question is, <laughs> well, roster crunch, who goes down when Kane, Duffy, Kelby, and Romo get back? So the, so the two obvious choices are, um, so Chris Stratton's going to go down when Romo comes back, which is looking pretty soon. And then probably, and at least one of Parker and Williamson is going to go down when uh, Duffy or Kelby comes back. And then after that, it would probably, it would be a choice between Pena and Gillespie for the other infielder. Um, and that probably just depends on who's the hot hand at the time. And I don't know who the other pitcher is who they're going to get rid of. Well, I'm kind of, I was, when I saw this question, I was thinking, man, we could do an entire Croncast just on this or half of one on, on this alone, because it's interesting. Uh, what if are not Pena and Gillespie already better than Tomlinson and Duffy? Do you need either of those guys up right now when they're healthy? If you've um, got those two and you've got Parker and Williamson. Right. And, that. Yeah. and then between Kane and Romo, I think Stratton. And then I'm, I'm definitely thinking Contos is, is nearing the chopping block here if they absolutely need a crunch but i would say that they are going to keep him because you can't necessarily i would say matt kane comes back you're gonna see how it goes for a few weeks i'm trying to see if suarez has any options left because i would picture he would go down yeah uh, i mean i'd I'd imagine he does the giants just really like having that long man 
So, and I don't know, maybe Derek Law being able to go two innings in Pittsburgh showed them that they don't necessarily need someone who can pitch four. Yeah, they don't necessarily I, need the Yumero yeah. Teat, but on yeah. hand, Bochi loves having that in the bullpen. Yeah, I think between Law and Law could be a guy who goes down too just because they need space. But he's no, he's, been, been he's, good. he's doing no he's been doing fine, yeah. But I would say, you know, between Contos and Law, you've got four innings right there. Um yeah. or at least the three innings, um, pretty easily. So that would be my my thinking on it. I don't really see a rush to bring Tomlinson back. And I I would say if they would love the opportunity to just keep Duffy down for two or three weeks and let him and see if there's something that has to be worked out uh, and, and do it that way. So, But um, in fairness to Tomlinson, he's played well this season. Yeah. So uh, I'm not against him coming back. None of this is against these guys coming back. It's just you know Duffy and Kelby – are right now being replaced and the Giants are fine. So what's the rush? Yeah. I mean, Payne has had a lot more experience than both of those guys. Um, so that is, that's I, true. I and he's, he's been, he's looked good in the early going. Yeah. And I think the switch hitting helps because of the Giants lefty heavy lineup, um, you know, which is a situation where like, okay, if they wanted to, you probably would want a stable righty and you could bring Kelby or Duffy back up, but. You know, you've got the guy with the experience, and he's playing well. You might as well keep it there. So, good question. Good question. Yeah. Uh, and hey, speaking of Kelby, we got a question from Rob Hayner at Robert Hayner. Favorite Giants player to wear spectacles? Oh, um, the history of that is sh- the list of that is short. Yeah. Is there a famous I, Giant I'm forgetting with glasses? I mean, just Kelby that I can think of. Well, Grant has a picture with someone. Oh, that's right. (laughs) But I can't think of his name. (laughs) Did Kelly Downs wear glasses? No, I would have remembered that. That sounds right. No, Kelly Downs did not wear glasses. Uh, Okay. Mark something? I can't remember his name. Um, Yeah, I don't don't know. He's, He's my favorite one right now. I will say this: He looks ridiculous at playing baseball in those glasses. <laughs> he does. They are comical. Uh, they're not. Qu- <laughs> uh, but he he's good. It's good. It's good. One. Okay. Um, we'll move on to the next question then. Yep. Matthew Kennerly at Matt K underscore FS asked: Am I crazy for thinking the Giants should at least give passing interest to trading for Carlos Beltran again? No, you're not crazy. Not crazy at all. <laughs> uh, Grant wrote a post about this. He in, did. In May, in early May. <laughs> he was on it. <laughs> he, was, he was on top of this story, even before it developed. The only thing I can think is that the that I'm not sure what the Giants have to trade. And to get Carlos Beltran, I mean, I love Carlos Beltran, not even irrationally. The guy I'm relieved is probably going to the hall of fame. I was a little worried, but I think the, the consensus is started sort of pushing in that direction. Um, but I think the Yankees are just not used to being sellers and they're just going to be like the giants and ask for the moon. If, yeah. if anyone wants their players. And um, the other thing is one of the things the giants value is uh, an ability to play defense and he can't. Well, well, has been a very bad defender for a lot of years now. Well, my, they did, Signed Michael Morse intentionally. So, <laughs> I, 
they did not give up much for him. That's true. Uh, I will say that the Giants are over the cap as well, over the the tax threshold, yeah. and so I don't. They might have budgeted to add in payroll. I, I would say the Giants are smart enough where that was part of the whole discussion with ownership and everything, that that's a possibility that they could add it. But, I mean, I don't know how much. And I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if you have to add $6 million or whatever it is, it's probably more than that. I think he's making 13 this year. So, I don't know. Let's just say it. Let's just say it. No, he's making $15 million this year. So let's say it's like about right for for a third of the season. Yeah. So six or 7 million, would you rather pay six or 7 million plus the tax for Carlos Beltran or like, I really can't think of someone else right now that might remotely match. But you know, if you get someone younger who maybe is under team control a little bit longer, or you might have a chance of resigning or, or something like that. um, I feel like that's another factor in this. I think I've seen people say Will Myers as a possibility for the Giants because he's having such an excellent year. I'm bringing him up as a relation to this question because I want to make it clear. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) I am strongly opposed to Will Myers. Will Myers is what people think Bryce Harper is. (laughs) Will Myers is a douchebag. He is an asshole. No. And he doesn't wear batting gloves. Oh, oh, there it is. There's the real problem. <laughs> he sheer holds us too much. He he also is not a good defender in the outfield. That's true. So I do not yeah, want Yeah, he's him. playing first base this year, right? Yeah, I do not. The, what the Giants will have to give up to get him, because he's under team control and it's within the division, it's not worth it. Carlos Beltran, still a decent on-base guy. Uh, and... He's he hits for some power still, yeah. He's still hitting for power and all that stuff. He'd be a great addition for the Giants, but as a full time player with that defense out there, and I don't know. I mean, when the Giants need you to play full time, you know, he's he's not going to get a lot of rest. And I don't know that his thirty nine year old knees are going to be able to do that. At least in the AL, he can be the DH from time to time. So I'm not sure that it's a great fit as much as I love him. So. Okay. To answer the question, no Will Myers. <laughs> um, and then uh, I'm going to skip the Seinfeld one, I think. Because no, I don't support that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then Steve Svensson asks at Svensson19, how long until the real Denard Span stands up? This isn't the guy from Washington or Minnesota. No, Steve. No, it's not. That'd be nice. Uh, he may not. I mean, that's a yeah. very strong possibility. The Giants knew that when they signed him. And I think that they were gambling on that he's going to show, if not be that guy for a full season, show flashes of it. And I feel like we've seen half a flash. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, sometimes he'll, he'll look good. That The bunt he laid down yesterday in the third inning was, was fantastic. But he seems to be missing something. I feel that. like he puts together decent at bats for the most yeah. part. Um, yeah, it's just he's not a hundred percent there. Yeah, uh, I think I'd like to see him steal some more bases, but maybe he can't. Um, yeah, that defense in center field is surprisingly surprisingly not as smooth as I expected, but it is still better than Pagans. It is still better than Pagans. Damning with faint phrase, maybe, but yeah, true. Uh, I will say that his lack of arm strength is troublesome as well. 
So there's certainly that might cost the Giants a run in the playoffs, and that might not be a good thing. So uh, I have I saw this question about Bumgarner's bobblehead. Did you get this one? Oh, I I did. I just I haven't seen the bobblehead. Okay. So oh, it's pretty cool. At okay. Yakman Leonard asks, uh, is Bum is Bum's Silver Slugger bobblehead one of the coolest in SF Giants history? It's a pitcher swinging a bat. Yeah, he should be in the home run derby. <laughs> he should be in the home run derby. That uh, is really cool. Yeah, it is very cool. I would say that uh, that it's still t- in terms of bobbleheads. This is a great question. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of bobbleheads. Like I'm obsessed with them. I know them all. I still think the rain globe is like one of the coolest things in Giants giveaway history. Um, it's weird that it's still one of those things that the fans had to like think up because the Giants didn't. The Giants are really good at marketing or monetizing literally everything about their team. But here we are. <laughs> uh, all right. What else? Uh, the I think the only other question I have is about Lou Gehrig. Do we want to talk about Lou Gehrig? Sure. My lack of knowledge of Lou Gehrig is... So. Um, and then the last question I saw... Uh-huh. Uh, this is from Rob Hayner again. Yeah. He said, I'm reading a biography of Lou Gehrig right now. Is he the greatest first baseman of all time or is it someone else? Rob, I don't know. <laughs> well, he's got a disease um, named after him, so that's impressive. <laughs> right. I, I have no diseases named after me. So he's got me there. He's got most baseball players there, really. I can't uh, think of the one. I mean, Tommy John is a surgery, but he's a pitcher. Yeah. So, Well, let's quickly... Look up, this is great. Now, Hall of Fame first baseman. We can do this right now because of the internet. Uh, and we should add in Pujols, too, who's obviously... Is Pujols going to be one of the greats when it's all said and done? I think so. I think, you know, a lot of great players had decline phases, like Pujols. They all do, yeah. yeah well, so... first of all, Luke Garrick doesn't even have 3,000 hits, so there's <laughs> that. Um, I would say, you know, Cap Anson has almost 3,000 hits. But um, he was a racist. No, not true. him. Well, if we're disqualifying everyone who's a racist, jeez. <laughs> uh, is he the greatest of all time? I mean, if you look at just the stats for the Hall, who are in the Hall of Fame, Orlando Cepeda's ahead of him. So. Ahead of Gary? No, he's not. I'm reading no. this wrong. That can't be right. I'm reading it so wrong. It's alphabetical. <laughs> <laughs> what a dummy. Uh, um, let's just go with Jaws because Jaws is, is pretty standard. Luke Gehrig is the best. Albert Pujols is number two. Jimmy Fox is number three. So since I am a subscriber to Jaws because I I um, I love Jay Jaffe quite a bit. He's such a cool guy um, that I'm fine with the system. He's he's number one. His wins above replacement, Lou Gehrig, one twelve point four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Albert Pujols ninety nine point four. I don't think Albert Pujols is going to beat Lou Gehrig. It might be close though. Right, it's possible. I mean, I think. I mean, no, he's not. He's going played to. fewer Pujols. games. Lou Gehrig or Albert Pujols has played over two hundred, almost two hundred more games. But than Lou Gehrig, and he still is not as good as Lou Gehrig. So, <laughs> well, that's um, an interesting comparison because, according to Jaws, the 
Albert Pujols is is the best of the modern era, by far. Miguel Cabrera is not even in the top ten. Well, Cabrera was in, in the outfield at third for a while, yeah. so that. Frank Thomas, though Frank, Tom- I mean Frank Thomas was such a no brainer, no brainer Hall of Famer that uh, it's, yeah. it's a crime that Jeff Bagwell's not even in yet, and he's better than Frank Thomas. So, <laughs> very strange baseball stuff. Will Clark, number twenty five on this list. Um, man, Will Clark and Willie McCovey, probably the top, the best first baseman in Giants history. Um, well, they had. Uh... They had Bill Terry, who's in the Hall of Fame. I think he played first. He's the last National Leaguer to hit 400. But he's not probably as good as... Uh, I mean, he's definitely not as good as McCovey. Probably not as good as Clark. So that's a little... By wins above Clark. replacement, he's not. But it's close. So Yeah. Oh, Bill Terry. Uh, all right. So, good questions. I like when I look like a total idiot about baseball history. But uh, I have, I have very limited RAM. Uh, if you ask me about Perfect Strangers, I would be able to answer a lot of questions about that <laughs> show. <laughs> Surprisingly, sadly. Uh, so thanks for listening. And uh, Doug, are you doing any recaps this week? Uh, not that I know of right now, but who knows? Great job filling in for Grant. Um, Thank you. You should check out Doug's recaps on the site, McCoveyChronicles.com, where you probably access our Concast. You can always send us your questions during the week, even when we're not asking for them. You can leave them in the comments below you can find us on twitter as well doug where can they find you <laughs> oh i'm glad you asked my twitter handle is at moonwalk mcfly brian what's yours mine is at every sixth day i didn't even say it right at that time every sixth day there we go <laughs> and we will be back next week with an analysis again of the giants bye thanks <laughs>